You are listening to Sparking Wholeness with Erin Carey, where we talk about all things related to nutrition for mind, body, and soul. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey everybody, it's Erin Carey and Happy New Year. It is 2023. We are well into the roaring 20s at this point and today I wanted to do something different and I'm just doing a solo episode to tell you what I am going to be doing for my health in the new year. I know that I often interview guests this time of year to talk about making new goals or emotional healing or food changes or whatever. And we have plenty of that coming up in in this month and the next month's episodes. But I decided to do this episode by myself because I want to share with you how I practice what I preach, or at least I try to. I'm definitely not perfect, but part of holistic health is engaging mind, body, and soul, or mind, body, and spirit, if you want to call it that. And for me, that means so much more than just following a set nutrition plan or an exercise routine or something like that. So I'm going to share with you five things that I'm doing for my health. And it's going to be a blend of emotional, spiritual, physical, all of the above. These are the things that are going to be most helpful for me throughout the coming year because I've taken so many years to tune into my body and figure out what's going on that I'm just going to keep it simple and go with what works for me. And let me remind you that what works for me might not work for you. Everybody is very different. I was just listening to a different podcast episode this morning, not my own podcast, and I was reminded at how unique our microbiomes are. Everybody's needs are going to be extremely different because everybody has a different microbiome. Everybody has a different genetic blueprint. Everybody is different. You are different from your mom, from your dad, from your brother, sister, husband, whatever. You're different, okay? And so you are going to require different things than they do. And just because you're predisposed to have some kind of a chronic illness does not mean that that illness is going to show up for you. There are so many things that you can do to support healing in your body. So with that, I'm going to get started listing off each of the things that I'm going to be doing for my health. And the first thing, I definitely am going to be dialing in my nutritional needs this new year. And one of the reasons is because, yeah, this fall was rough for me. I had a difficult fall. I will talk a little bit about that in detail in a minute when I get to number two. But with that, I got a little bit lazy with my meals. I got lazy with getting in enough protein and my vegetables and all of that. And I know my body craves it. My body needs it. So for me, something that has been really, really helpful for my mental health, for my overall well-being, is getting at least 20 to 30 grams of protein at my first meal. So what does that look like? Sometimes my first meal doesn't look like breakfast. Sometimes my first meal looks like a salad or last night's leftovers thrown into a pan and sauteed into a scramble. Sometimes that first meal can be something like eggs, which is more traditional breakfast food. And sometimes that first meal can be a protein shake. I am particular about the ingredients that I use in my protein shakes. I really like ancient nutrition, bone broth protein. I like nutritional frontiers, protein powders. I recently tried, um, oh, what is the brand? Truvani protein powder and it's a plant protein which I don't normally love I like to use whey or you know like a bone broth or a collagen protein just because that's a little bit more bioavailable and easier absorbed but the Truvani protein is great for people who respond better to plant 
forms of protein. When I get adequate protein in the morning for my first meal, I definitely feel so much better throughout the day. My blood sugar is more stable. My mood is better. I'm not as hangry. I am not grabbing things because I'm snacky. I'm more fulfilled throughout the day. This is consistent, not just for me, but with many of the clients that I work with. Sometimes that's the first thing that we do is figure out how to get 20 to 30 grams of protein when you wake up. And let me remind you, one egg is only about seven grams of protein. So if you think that grabbing a hard boiled egg as you make your way out the door in the morning, it's going to be sufficient protein, you're wrong. It's not. You probably need about three to four eggs to get the amount of protein you need to feel nourished and sustained throughout the day. But that is a big deal for me, protein. That's key. The other thing that's important for my nutritional needs is being gluten-free. I know that is so extra to say that, but guys, I consistently see in the research the impact that gluten plays on mental health. And because my mental health is priority for everything, I'm going to do what I can to support my mental health. And there are, at this point that I have seen, there are hundreds of peer-reviewed published research studies talking about how gluten impacts the gut microbiome, how gluten impacts the brain, how gluten impacts things like autism, anxiety, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia. There are a lot of studies out there about gluten in the brain. And so for me, that is just something that I'm going to continue to remove from my diet. This is not that difficult. We live during a time where it is pretty easy to be gluten-free. There are gluten-free options at most restaurants. I don't like gluten-free bread. I will say that. I Instead of having bread, I use this as an excuse to include more vegetables into my diet. And so that might mean more starchy veggies like sweet potato, white potato, carrots, things like that. Also have learned for myself that I do better with limited carbs, more fats, and a good amount of protein. So I wouldn't say that I am strictly keto, but I am probably keto-ish, and that's what feels best for me. My carb range is usually from about 50 to 75 grams of carbs every day. That's something that was really helpful for me when I did the Feast to Fast program, and I'm gonna be continuing that throughout this year. I'll be hosting some in-person Feast to Fast programs, hosting some online coaching through Feast to Fast. And what I love about that program is it teaches you to get most of your carbs from plants and from whole food sources and to save your heck yeah carbs for things that you really like. Like for me, I do love chips and salsa. I'm in Texas. That's what we do. I love my chips and salsa. So I'll probably still have my chips and salsa, right? There are a few other ways that I love to have my heck yeah carbs, which would be like brownies. And of course, for me, that's gluten-free brownies. Gluten-free brownies are delicious, by the way. Don't knock them till you try them. I like the Simple Mills brand of brownies that have like its almond flour blend, I believe. And that's pretty tasty too, because they're not too rich and you can have one or two and be like, oh yeah, I feel good. I don't need more. One of the reasons for that, by the way, is the gluteomorphin in gluten can have an opiate-like response in the brain meaning you are going to be gravitating toward that more and more just to get that high. It's like a drug-like effect. (laughs) So that is why I do prefer gluten-free brownies because the sugar in itself is a powerful fix for me. And so I really don't need the extra gluten. Dairy does that as well. Dairy does not seem to affect me as much as gluten does, but um, I do like to limit my dairy and stick to organic when I can. So that's kind of the basic 
overview of what I'm going to be doing nutritionally for myself. My husband is going to go back to more of a carnivore style of diet, and I'll talk more about his physical transformation in a minute. I wanted to interview him, but we don't have time for that. So I'm not getting to that today. But he has made a huge physical transformation, and part of that has been eating mostly meat and eating very few vegetables. Now, I thrive on veggies. I love veggies. They make me feel good. I feel like they turn my brain on. I don't know if it's a placebo effect or what, but I love my veggies. He feels bloated on veggies and gassy, and it's not that great for him. So he is going to go more minimal veggies, mostly meat, and some fruit, which I think is kind of... If it works for him and if he feels good, it's kind of a great thing, right? Like I am not going to demonize one particular diet or way of eating because things are so individual. I do think a variety is beneficial for our gut microbiome, but everybody needs to do what they need to do to make themselves feel healthy and thriving. So it is definitely different for everybody. All right, number two, the second thing that I'm going to be working on in 2023 is I am starting for the first time ever EMDR. And if you haven't heard of EMDR before, I've had a few uh, licensed professional counselors on the podcast discussing it before. And EMDR is a trauma therapy. It specifically targets eye movement in order to help your brain reprocess trauma that you've experienced. And it's like it recategorizes it in a way where it isn't as impactful or harmful for your nervous system. I never wanted to do this, honestly. And one of the reasons I didn't ever want to do EMDR is because I didn't think I had that much trauma. But if you'll remember back in October, I interviewed Dr. Bradley Nelson, He is the founder of something called Emotion Code, and I went through Emotion Code with a practitioner here in Tyler, and I liked Emotion Code at first, and as I explained in the podcast interview, um, I gave kind of like a review of Emotion Code before I actually got into the interview, and I liked it at first, but I will say something interesting happened for me after my third Emotion Code session, and that was my subconscious kind of took over, and I realized that I had been storing trauma that I didn't know I had, that there were things, there were memories, there were situations that popped up for me that I didn't know about and it sent me into a tailspin for the next two months. I am not kidding. It was the most difficult two months of probably, gosh, recent years. I mean, I can't remember probably not for the last 20 years have I experienced such an overhaul, um, such, like I said, such a spiral, such a tailspin. This wasn't like a manic episode or a depressive episode. This wasn't about mental instability. It was about triggering old wounds and trauma that emerged that, like I said, I didn't know was there. And so While I think emotion code is still a powerful tool for some people, and I absolutely saw a huge change in my youngest child when he did emotion code, there are some people that might not be the best candidates for something like emotion code. And for me, I think one of the reasons is because I do tend to dissociate from painful circumstances, from different events, and I just check out. And there were many times in my life where I checked out of things and suppressed memories. And that is kind of, it's the way my husband Richard described it. It's like a Pandora's box was opened. And all of a sudden, all of this stuff, for lack of a better word, started flying around. And I did not know how to put the stuff back in the box and close the lid. I couldn't find a way, which leads me to EMDR. After all of this processing and talking and all of these 
very difficult months that that I have been through, I realized that it is time for me to get some true emotional healing, reprocess these wounds, and go to EMDR. So if you are somebody who has been through significant trauma, and we've all been through trauma, everybody's been through trauma. It's not just something for war veterans, right? Like I think that's sometimes when we think about trauma, we think about people that have been through like these horrible things, but trauma is relative. Trauma is relative, just like our toxic load is relative to the person and the situation and even your genetic background as well. Trauma can be stored in DNA back through generations. And so it's just something that is, can be, it can be wired within us when we're born and you can be born in kind of more of a fight or flight state. And I think for me, I I was a kid who had asthma, many asthma attacks, thought I was dying on many occasions. I did experience a big T trauma when I was nine years old. I watched my grandpa die and it was terrifying. And after that, I kind of thought that everything was fine. I didn't have trauma again until I did emotion code and realized some things that happened during manic episodes, some things that happened in college when I was out of control. And that was what was unleashed for me. So EMDR is going to be hopefully a really good good tool for me to kind of renew my mind and replace some lies that I've believed for a long time with the truth. And I'm hoping that it's going to help me to live my purpose in a better way so that I am not being triggered by memories that cause me to spiral into self-loathing and shame. Nobody needs that. That's not helpful. So I'm really excited about how EMDR is going to help continue my healing journey. My word for the year for 2023 is renewal. And it's time, it is time to truly renew my mind and replace the lies that I believed for so long with truth. So the number three item on my list of what I'm going to be doing to improve my health in 2023 is, (laughs) this is going to sound really weird. I'm going to get intentional about building muscle. I have been inspired by my husband Richard's journey with building muscle for himself. He hired a personal trainer last January. Yes, this was no small investment in time or financial resources, but he wanted to do it. He had been coming out of, I mean, just years of chronic stress from a toxic work environment that he has been working on healing from, but knew, you know, the benefits of exercise and working out and lifting weights and wanted to really engage in that for himself. And so he hired a trainer. He started working out with this trainer two times a week, and then he would work out once by himself. And so that was just three days of intentional um, weightlifting, doing different, you know, body parts and all these things that I have yet to learn that he is going to teach me. And y'all, I have seen now Richard is not and he would tell you he's not like this like who big bodybuilder guy but I have seen muscle on him that I didn't know was possible to build in such a short amount of time not just it's not just the muscle like I thought he looked good before he looks great now I'm not this isn't muscle in a superficial way right like What I love about building muscle is in the research, what we are finding out is that building muscle can actually help support anti-inflammatory benefits in the body. And it actually supports insulin sensitivity, which is what we want because so many people are nearing towards type two diabetes or they're pre-diabetic because of just this high glycemic load of life that we are living building muscle can just be like a metabolic miracle for helping to utilize sugar more effectively 
for activating mitochondria in a way that we definitely need, especially as we age. And like I said, the anti-inflammatory benefits continue to surprise me. I've seen with him the way his mental health has improved. I've seen that he has more energy. He's in a better mood consistently. And I'm really excited to start working on some things for myself. I move my body all the time. I'm in, I'm doing yoga or walking five to six times a week. So movement is not something that's new to me. I, movement is medicine for my brain. I love when I'm moving my body. I, I just feel an instant reset when I am finished. And so movement is something that I have made part of my routine for a good 15 years, but I've never really stuck with lifting weights because I'm afraid of getting bulky. (laughs) Yes, I'm that girl. I know everybody's like, girls don't bulk up. And I'm like, yeah, but I kind of do. So I'm going to try it. I'm going to go for it and see what happens when I get intentional about building muscle. And I think because I am over 40, this is even more important than ever, ever has been in my past because I know hormones are changing. Inflammation is increasing to support those hormonal changes. And so I think this is a powerful way to biohack that and change things around for myself. So that is number three. I'm going to get intentional about building muscle. Number four, now this one, this is where I get a little spiritual. I don't talk about my faith a lot on the podcast, but it is definitely something that is so important for me and so grounding because I do have a firm foundation in God and in reading my Bible and something I did a couple years ago during 2021, which was a very big transition time period for my family. We moved from Dallas to Tyler, which is about two hours away, away from my family, away from my kids' cousins, my sister, you know, all of that. It was very difficult. But I read the Bible in a year through something called the Bible Recap. And it was so powerful for me to see the consistency of the entire Bible throughout a year through reading it. And I never, I mean, this is so, this is crazy to say I was 40 when I did this and I'd never done it before. In all of my years, I grew up going to church and reading the Bible and I would read it in pieces, but I would kind of skip out the hard parts, (laughs) right? Like I, I would, I would try reading the Bible a year before and I would just kind of get stuck around Leviticus. Well, what I love about Bible recap, there is a podcast that goes along to with it where you can kind of listen to a summary and explanation. And I did that for about six months the last time. And then I just kind of stopped listening to the podcast because because I got busy and we were moving and I had stuff to do. And there were days that I played catch up where I was trying to do like five days worth of Bible reading in one, which is a lot. And so I was skimming and I wasn't really paying attention to what I was reading at all. But I will say by the end of the year, I just felt a greater connection with God and his purpose and plan for my life, for the world. And it was really neat to see his hand throughout that time period, and also to be able to reflect on how his hand still shows up today for us now. So that was really special for me. It was very impactful. And that is something that I will once again be doing for my health because I didn't do it this last year. I kind of did my own thing. I would read things here and there. I was journaling. I was, you know, it just wasn't consistent. And I will say that my mental health always improves when I'm consistently reading my Bible. And it sounds so silly and it sounds so legalistic. And this is not, I'm not trying to preach. Okay. I'm not sitting here telling you a sermon about why you should read the Bible or you are going to burn forever. You know, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it absolutely is living and breathing and changed my changes my life on a consistent basis. But when I am 
regularly reading the Bible every day and when I'm looking at to to piece together where God shows up and what what he's doing instead of like what am I supposed to get out from this but when I focus on his purpose and his plans and what he did throughout that time period what he does still today I am just in a better overall mood and it's I mean call it miraculous call it you know spiritual woo woo whatever but I do believe, I know this to be true because of what we know scientifically, but I believe that every single thought we think is a chemical messenger to the rest of our bodies, bodies to the rest of our body, excuse me. Every thought you think is a chemical messenger, whether that is a thought that is true and is positive and is something that you are happy about, or whether it's negative and false and a belief that has no weight in anything either way your body is picking up on the messages that your brain is sending and all the way down to the cell membrane every single cell of your body is picking up on these thoughts and so when i am feeding myself nourishing myself with nutrition that comes from god's word the living breathing word of god it sends messages to the rest of my body and is nourishing in a way that nothing else is. That's truly primary nutrition to me. And so that's something that's really important. And yes, I do, you know, I I read a lot of self-help books. I read a lot of books about nutrition. And, you know, like I said, I'm doing EMDR. So there's a lot of, you know, psychology interests that I have. But this is something that that is primary. This is something that comes first, even though I listed it number four. So number five, I'm excited to talk about number five because something that I recently learned that I had no idea about, did you know that less than 10% of people eat their food in a 12-hour window? We are eating all the time and that is causing disastrous effects in our body. And so like I mentioned when I was talking about muscle building and the importance of building muscle to promote insulin sensitivity, one of the things that's increasing in our culture right now is insulin resistance. And part of that is because we are eating all the time. And you can only ask your pancreas to do so much, whether that's producing digestive enzymes or producing insulin to support this overload of food that's happening. And 68%, just about, maybe a little bit more, of the food that we consume currently is ultra processed. That means it's hard to digest. That means our digestive system is working over time to try to figure out, and our immune system, to try to figure out, is this a friend? Is this a foe? Is this real? Because it kind of looks real, but I'm not quite sure. So I might need to put out a danger signal just in case. Hello, food sensitivities, right? So because that is happening so much with the ultra processed food and because we are eating all the time, we never get a break. And so our body doesn't really get to renew the way that it needs to and wants to. So that is where I mentioned fasting. Fasting is a hot topic and it has been for a while, especially when it comes to female hormones. Most of the research that's been done on fasting has been done in postmenopausal women and men. And there are huge cognitive benefits to fasting. There's a lot of cellular benefits to fasting. It promotes autophagy, which is basically the short definition for autophagy is cell cell eating, right? That's what it means. So it's like your cells are eating themselves in order to renew and become better, right? And that's what we want. We want to promote newer cells in our body. We want to promote renewal. There's that word again, my word of the year. And that is something that we do through fasting. But if you don't give your body a break, 
It's not going to happen. And I know for a long time, because of the low fat movement, we were told to eat five to six small meals a day and feed your metabolism. And yeah, if you're eating low fat and you're never satisfied because you're not getting any fat, that makes sense. But it's definitely going to put you on a blood sugar roller coaster to eat that much. It's also going to be disastrous. For your digestive system, we have something in our digestive system called the migrating motor complex, the MMC. It's one of my favorite topics. You really need about four to five hours between meals to activate that migrating motor complex to act as an internal housekeeper for your gut to get rid of any old debris or particles. Otherwise, that stuff just sits around in there. And depending on the health of your gut, if it's healthy or not, which most people's guts are not that healthy, then that debris can leak out into the bloodstream and just cause a lot of issues. So we want to be kind to our migrating motor complex. We want to be kind to our gut. And so to have a fasting window of at least 12 hours a day is huge for so many people. There was recently a study done on type 2 diabetes and how um, these participants in the study, it was kind of a smaller study. So, you know, I always want to be careful mentioning studies like this because it's one study, one time and a smaller group of participants. But... It did show that when people were given a fasting period of 12 to 14 hours, they were able to reverse their symptoms of type 2 diabetes. And that's huge because I don't know if you understand the the issue with type 2 diabetes. And that's one of the reasons I keep talking about it is because we're all trending that way because of the high glycemic load of this life we're living having to do with stress and sugar and carbs and more stress. (laughs) We're all trending that way. But once you are diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, you have a greater chance of dying from heart disease than somebody who's already had a heart attack, okay? That's how serious it is. Type 2 diabetes is a really big deal. So we want to trend the other direction. So give your body a break. So that means if you finish eating dinner at 6.30 p.m., don't eat breakfast again until 6.30 a.m. or 8.30. I would not go past 16 hours of fasting for a woman. Um, Men can go a little bit longer, and I know plenty of men that do really well and actually lose a lot of weight that way. For women, it can backfire because we get into famine mode. Our body cues fat storage because, oh, we might be dying and we need our fat. You know, we we just hold fat differently than men. And so we don't want to do that for women. We don't want to fast for too long. But really, like 12 hours, 14 hours, 16 hours even, no problem. Another thing that's been kind of popular in the research and a lot of a lot of the functional medicine peeps are talking about this is fasting mimicking diets. And that is where you go a few days in a row with very, very low calorie food in order to mimic a fasted state, but you are still getting food and you still get the benefits of fasting. And one of the ways that I have been doing this lately is through a three-day reset from the company Plexus. And Plexus is a company, it's, you know, one of those multi-level marketing companies that gets a bad rap because, oh, you're selling to your friends and you're bugging your friends or whatever. But the products are actually really quality products. I'm a big fan of the ingredients. I have used, you know, a good handful of their products for about eight and a half years now, which is a significant amount of time. And I've always been impressed with how ahead of the game Plexus is with their products and the research and just their whole medical team and research team is really impressive with how they put things together. And this three-day reset is no different. It is truly a just this orange box that comes delivered to your house and it has products like a bone broth, soup and a collagen soup, a protein powder, and some different antioxidant products that help 
promote a metabolic overhaul in your body. And I'm telling you, I have probably done this reset like every two months since the summer and it 100% has made a difference in how I feel, in my sugar cravings, in inflammation, my clothes fit better consistently. I'm not struggling with as many hormonal issues as I was before. And so I definitely recommend this product. If that's something that you're interested in, for sure, go to plexusworldwide.com slash Erin Carey so that you can, um, you know, use me as your, your referral source or whatever. I'll put it in the, in the show notes as well, but definitely look at that if you're looking just to make a quick overhaul it's not a quick fix diet. I will tell you that it's not something where, Oh, three days, you're going to lose 20 pounds and you're going to be fine forever. No, it's, but it's a start, right? Like it's something that can reset things for a little bit, truly reset things on a cellular metabolic level so that maybe you can start with some sustained habits after that, because that's what we want, right? Like we want to make these tiny changes over time that are going to lead to bigger changes and a complete overhaul at some point. We don't know when that is, but at some point. And it, and it starts with small steps. Like for me, I mean, I these five things that I'm doing, it all started with a little things to begin with. The first thing that happened for me is I stopped drinking Dr. Pepper and Diet Coke. That was the first thing. With that, my other... My other um, cravings changed a little bit. I was eating a little less sugar and then I shifted. I wasn't putting sweetener in my coffee at all. And now I just have like just cream and coffee and a little bit of collagen protein. But I used to do sugar everything and sweetener everything. And it just took little by little changing that up. I used to eat bread. I don't really eat bread anymore. It's not because I don't like bread, but because bread doesn't do a lot for me. I don't feel great when I have bread. And so I just don't. Same thing with the gluten. Like that has been an easier change for me recently, but I know at the beginning it was not that easy. And I have gone back and forth for a long time with that one. So it takes time. Now I am going to be offering many opportunities for coaching throughout 2023. And so if you want to do one-on-one coaching with me and kind of develop your own five steps for health for yourself, I am open to that. You can contact me. My website is a great way to get started there. Sparking wholeness, whole, oh my goodness, sparkingwholeness.com or Instagram at sparkingwholeness. You can go there. I will be doing some three-day reset groups on Facebook. Usually Facebook is a great place for me to do some online coaching groups just because so many people have Facebook. If you don't have it, you can create a dummy Facebook, no problem. I'll be doing more feast to fast online programs. And as well, I will be doing some in-person programs in Tyler at Living Well, which is where I do health coaching. So if you are in the East Texas area, stay tuned for that. So those are the five things that I am going to be doing for my health in 2023. I know that we are living in a time where everybody has an opinion about everything health-wise. And I think that that was only heightened during the pandemic. I hate using the P word, but I'm going to use it anyway. And and everybody has an opinion, and it, but only you can choose what's best for you. So take the information that I offer in this podcast and on my website. And if you follow me on Instagram, I'm always posting things on my story on the latest and greatest research, but do your own digging, do your own research. If I have learned anything the last few years, it is how quickly 
we learn new things and the research changes and the science changes. It's not a belief system. It's something that changes frequently. So do your own research and be your own guinea pig and try different things for yourself. And with that, I'm going to leave you with one last thought. One of the things that drives me in my health journey is when I look at how many people are suffering from chronic disease and issues that really can be attributed to three things. That is stress, physiological stress or emotional stress, toxins because we live in an increasingly toxic environment, or crap food because our food has been hijacked so much by chemicals and GMOs and pesticides, glyphosate, you know, all of that. There are so many things that are impacting the way our food is even digested and absorbed in our bodies. So because so many of these chronic diseases can be attributed to those three things, something that I always am reminding myself, my husband, and I talk about this all the time. If you do what everybody else does, you're going to get what everybody else gets. So if you want to continue to live a sedentary lifestyle, filling up on fast food, not engaging in a spiritual practice at all, not taking time to create joy in your life, not dealing with your past trauma, not ever getting any emotional support for those core beliefs and those lies that you've believed your whole life. If you want to continue doing that, great, but it's going to show up in your body. And if you want, like I said, if you want to do what everybody else does, you're going to get what everyone else gets. And that truly, there's there are a lot of things that are popping up that I think, I believe, with the research, are reversible with some simple tweaks. And so if you don't want to follow the trajectory of your parents, right? Like if you don't want to follow the same health trajectory as your friends or your sister or brother, or whoever it is, then switch it up. Make a change. Yes, genes load the gun, but environment pulls the trigger. Environment is so, so powerful. So choose what you can do to help make your health priority in 2023. Remember, any kind of a stress, whether it's a good stress or not, makes an impact on your body. So maybe you want to make small changes and maybe you want to just tackle stress first. And I think that that is an excellent starting point for anybody is to find ways to create stress management practices but you get to choose that you get to do what's best for you if you need help let me know but cheers to a happy and healthy 2023 the tiniest spark leads to the biggest blaze and i hope that today's episode sparks you on a journey to healing and wholeness Thanks for listening to Sparking Wholeness. For more information on what I do and my coaching programs, or maybe just to reach out and say, hey, find me at sparkingwholeness.com or on Instagram at sparkingwholeness. Have a fabulous week.